When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Today on the show, I join Michael McMillian of the Bigfoot Collectors Club podcast to discuss my top five favorite ufo cases so john burroughs along with his attorney and john mccain's approval they all went to the veteran affairs and said you need to help this guy you need to help him and he won the case yeah so this is the first documented case that the veteran affairs has said this man was directly affected by a ufo event and his health deteriorated and we got to help him. that's insane yeah that's mind-blowing wow This is Somewhere in the Skies with Ryan Sprague. with us from somewhere in the skies podcast and i asked ryan to bring in his top five ufo stories his favorite encounter stories um and i got a sneak peek at this list and the cool thing is i don't think we've done any of these on the show yet so this might be a good tease or a good uh uh um what is it a signpost to to point towards where maybe bigfoot collectors club needs to go next Nice. Yeah. So what, what do you got? What are your first of all? What I want to ask you this: What is in in your mind? What makes for a good UFO story? A good UFO story for me is not the same prototypical thing over and over again. You know, it was saucer shaped. It was there for a second and then it zipped away. I believe it happened, but for me, like that proves nothing. Right. Absolutely nothing. So. Give me some sort of physical evidence, whether it's photographic, whether it's video, uh, whether it's trace evidence. If I can go to the site and actually find something, is there traces of radiation in the area? Uh, can the FAA tell me that they did or did not have aircraft in the air at that time in that area? What were the weather conditions? It, everything plays into it. Now, how often are you actually, as a ufologist, doing that kind of stuff? How often are you actually investigating these kind of uh, accounts? Yeah, I mean, for me, I, I am a UFO journalist before right. anything. So I do tell people I am a little armchair researchy. Mm-hmm. I am. I, I, I do the show. I write articles about it. But I'm not like uh, these individuals who work for the Mutual UFO Network, MUFON, who go out there and actually investigate. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done that several times, and I, I love doing it. But I like relaying stories. I am definitely a relayer of stories and information. So, yeah, I, I'd say it's probably like an 80-20 sort of percentage okay, cool. that I'm actually out there, boots on the right, ground. Right, right, yeah, right. I think I'd be scared of some of the stuff I might find. I'm Based not on lie. some of the stories on your podcast, I would be too. Yeah, yeah. So, right. yeah. So what's your, uh, should we go from, uh, 
least favorite to favorite, like your bottom to top, or these in your particular order? Is this Always a countdown list? Yeah. <laughs> countdown list? You want to do a countdown style? A countdown, right. cool. So, so, so number, number five. Yeah. Number five. Uh, for number five, I would have to go with probably Roswell. I mean, it's an easy one to sort of go to, but it is also kind of what we have and to prove that there is a UFO cover-up. Right. It establishes the narrative of so totally. many things that come afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. 1947. Again, the beginning of the modern UFO era. We had one case before that, the Kenneth Arnold flying saucer sighting, right. where the actual term flying saucer was first coin right uh later changed to ufo by the u.s government a lot mm-hmm. of people don't know that mm-hmm. to uh sort of squelch the idea that this could be alien uh so yeah i'm gonna go with roswell for number five uh yeah if you have to come to just a quick conclusion about roswell uh was it an alien craft and were there bodies was there an alien craft and were there bodies uh i i know this is sort of passive i'm gonna go 50 50 okay uh i 50 percent believe it could possibly be extraterrestrial and probably even splitting that 50 percent to if there were bodies mm. uh, i did interview people who claim that uh there's evidence that something was found we spoke to uh descendants of the gentleman who worked at the funeral home in roswell new mexico yeah that story is pretty fascinating it's fascinating where they the yeah. the air force allegedly called him and asked for i think four to five child-sized yep. coffins and at first he was like i'm gonna have to special order those because we don't keep kid coffins <laughs> in the funeral home and they're like oh okay you know and he's like oh, what is going on what is happening he did ask that he's like yeah. if if there was an accident he was scared in Roswell, that they were dead kids yeah. he's like what's mm-hmm. going on what what happened yeah and they said you do not have a need to know for that just do you have it yeah he didn't he got him ordered and he doesn't know what happened from there so so fascinating yeah the uh I also love this story. The other, it's that story. And then um, Mac Brazel is the one who we also get a clue that there were bodies, mm-hmm. which is because he got paid off, I think, from the Air Force to keep his mouth shut. Yes, he did. Yeah. And he took some of that money to the bar and was getting drunk. People were making fun of him. And someone's like, you've seen little green men. And he supposedly walked out drunk and turned around and said, they weren't green and left, which is one of my favorite little... Ugh, gives like, me chills. Yeah, right? Either he was serious or he's like a master at suspense. At com- yeah. suspen- <laughs> suspenseful comebacks. Yeah. Um, he was not that witty, I can tell you that much from uh, from what I've heard. But sure. the, a lot of people also don't know there's two crash sites right. involved with this thing. Corona, and where's the other crash site? Um, it. Supposedly, it is both near Corona. Okay. Um, a lot of people think it happened in Roswell. It did not. That's uh, just where the stuff was brought. Exactly. Yeah, the closest town that yeah. could do anything with it. Um, what we discovered is there was the impact site where the thing actually crashed, went back up. Bounce, so it bounced. Bounced and literally went miles and miles and miles away cool. and actually landed. Then that's when it... The right. finale happened. Exactly. And that's okay. where supposedly the whatever occupants were in this craft found coverage in a right. little cave area. Right. And so that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And then that is is that why some people think that there were two crash two crafts that crashed that night? Possibly. Because um but you're saying and I would tend to agree with you that it was a thing where it skidded, it hit once, 
got back up in the air for miles yeah. and then finally came back down. I think so. If if that thing was coming in at the trajectory that we've mm-hmm. been told it has and a lot of testimony of, you know, what happened, I, I could understand that, mm-hmm. like coming in at that force. And if you look at the debris that supposedly has been found and was picked up by the military – tiny particles of like some sort of metallic objects uh burnt bent charred Mm. like this thing exploded at a tremendous speed so it shattered right it absolutely shattered so yeah yeah i always wondered if this alien metal was so malleable how it would fall apart (laughs) in a crash right but i guess if the impact's hard enough in the either that or a lot of people think it got shot down yeah too so or that they tried to land it mm-hmm. and they were looking for a flat area to crash land the object mm-hmm. after they were you know shot down shot or down. struck by lightning perhaps because yeah. there was a lightning storm that night there right? was yeah. yep yep all right cool so let's go to number four number, number four. four i'm going to go with the carlos de santos ufo of 1975 i don't think i know this story yeah i didn't know it either to be honest until i uh I spoke to a gentleman who strictly investigates cases out of the Southwest and Mexico. And, uh, yeah, this happened to a gentleman. He was flying a, um, a private plane, uh, Piper at the time, and he was heading to Mexico City. And as he was in the air, he saw three saucer-shaped objects coming towards him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he started radioing, being like, who's around me? What's going on here? Um, and all his instruments started to fail. His transmissions with the flight towers were starting to fail. And the objects just got closer and closer until he could actually make out that they were saucer-shaped. And they surrounded his plane. And then one of them actually hit his fuselage. What? Yeah, crashed into his plane and he started going out of control he started he started getting back on the radio and finally got in touch with the faa um whoever was in that area at the time the flight towers i should Mm -hmm, say mm -hmm. and mayday mayday i've just been hit Uh, i don't know what's going on i don't know what to do and we have actual audio documentation of this happening Wow. wow you can find it online yeah did he see portals on the saucers did he from what I can gather from his testimony, uh, pilots, no pilots. Um, all he could see was a dome-shaped craft, mm. solid dome-shaped, right. not like a glass right. thing with occupants. Not like the in. Jetsons. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So he couldn't see inside of them. Uh, he was too busy just trying to gain control of his instruments and his plane. He Whoa. didn't know what to do, and he started. He thought he was going to crash. So how did you? How did you make it to an airport? So what happened was. As he was trying to gain control, he said that these craft, these technology, whatever, actually helped him safely land at the airport. Uh, They got him to a point where he could gain control. They disappeared off into the mountains, and uh, he was able to land. But when he got down there, clearly something had hit his plane. They were like, holy shit. The people who showed up there were like, what? What the hell happened to your plane? There's no reason you should be alive right now. Was wow. that documented at the time of yep. the photos of the plane and everything? Yep. Immediately, they got this guy into like a psych ward, a hospital, first mm-hmm. of all, check him out. And they said, he's fine. Like, he seems traumatized, but like, he's perfectly sane. And it's it's crazy. Wow. It's crazy. What was the name of that again? Uh, Carlos de los Santos case, 1970. 
five. Cool. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. one. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Love that. Yeah, we'll have to look into that one. Yeah. yeah. All, right. All right. Number three. Number three. Number three. All right. I'm going to go with the Rendlesham case. Love the Rendlesham case. Have we you have, guys covered that? We've talked about it. We haven't done a full episode devoted to it okay. yet. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a... It's one of those big ones where we try to spread them out a little uh, bit, you know? It's you tough. Go. It's tough. <laughs> but we have talked about it. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah you don't yeah. want to play all your cards at yeah, once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Rendlesham, 1980. Uh, this was on a joint military base in England. Uh, Rendlesham Forest connected, basically connected these two bases. And uh, there was a craft that supposedly landed in the forest. And uh, clearly, they had this thing caught on radar, and they saw it land. So the bases go into emergency mode. They send dozens and dozens of officers out there to investigate what this thing was and i've spoken to many of the officers who have come forward about their experiences with it my unique involvement was with this is i was in new york at the time as a uh struggling playwright trying to write a play about this oh, UFO cool. case so that's how i got in touch with some of the officers and one of the lead investigators on the case and um that was my sort of peripheral introduction to it since then, it's just crazy where this case is. Didn't has like gone. one of them read high, like look at hieroglyphics on the ship, and then it was like writing shit down yeah. in binary code or something that actually made some sense. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, this guy uh, Jim Penniston, one of the officers who actually touched the craft, got that close. He said the minute he touched it, he saw strange objects on it. When he touched it, something was downloaded into his brain, this binary code. He was able to, like, kind of write it down quick as it was happening to him. Same with, like, what the craft looked like, what the hieroglyphics looked like. And since then, they've gotten this binary code decoded, and it's, like— Ley lines. It's it's oh, these areas yeah. throughout the world that a lot of weird stuff lands on the pyramids, uh, this that, and one of the ley lines is apparently Rendlesham Forest. Oh wow! So you have to wonder why did it land there and what was it and did this actually happen to him? But no uh, entities seen in that. Yes. Okay, there were. There were. According to one officer Whoa. at the time, very controversial guy uh, came forward. His name is Larry Warren, and he said that when he went out there as a security police officer, he saw the craft, he saw his superiors talking to someone, but when he got closer, who they were talking to were like three feet tall. No way. Glowing. All that stuff you hear about in like the Hopkins film yeah. case. Yeah, what's that, up with the glow in the dark what is aliens? The glow? We're, yeah. <laughs> why don't we have more of those? I know it's like a Twilight vampire, I guess. Yeah, I yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, that was that's very controversial. He's the only one who's claimed that there were entities seen okay. at the site. So you got to take that for what it's worth, right? Um, but yeah, fascinating case. So a few people sent a link, uh, which I have not looked at this weekend. Um, this past weekend about some there's some connection between that and John McCain. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, that's funny you mentioned that. I just uh, covered that on my show. Oh too. really? What was the can you not show that real quick with the connection between John McCain yeah, and Yeah, Totally. I'm disturbed. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1. 71.2. Admiral Byrd is here. 
with John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow. I promise I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. He woke meat sex. So, um, a few years ago, the other gentleman that was with John Penniston, the guy who touched the craft, he was there with him at the time, and uh, he had a completely different experience. He blacked out mm. when this all happened. When that's John... like Calvin Parker yep. did with the Pascagoula, he blacked out. Yep. It seems um, that always one blacks out and another has the yeah, experience. Yeah, weird. So uh, this guy, John Burroughs, he blacked out during all this, wakes up to see the craft descend into the air and disappear. Uh, he didn't talk about, about it for a really long time. When the whistle eventually blew on this whole case and a lot of officers came forward, uh, he started having weird health problems due to radiation. Mm. And they asked him, when were you around radiation? He said, I, the only thing I could think of was this weird thing that happened to me back in the eighties, uh, when I was on this base. So what is up with that? Did this craft have some sort of radiation effect on him? He believes so. Mm -hmm. He got checked out by the, uh, the veterans hospital and they were like, dude, what the hell happened to you? This is far beyond what any human being should have in their system in terms wow. of like trace radiation. 
And he's like, I don't know, but like, I'm having a lot of things happen. This was life threatening for him. Like, mm-hmm. this could have, like, really, it could have killed him. Uh, so, what he did is tried to get surgery and everything done through the Veteran Affairs because uh, he can't afford that. Yeah. You know, and. It was a big sort of back and forth and argument for a long time with the Veteran Affairs. Like, we we can't cover this, this, that, this, that. John McCain somehow heard about this and was like, I am all for our veterans getting the help they can from this. Uh, So John Burroughs, along with his attorney and John McCain's approval, they all went to the Veteran Affairs and said, you need to help this guy. Wow. You need to help him. And he won the case. So this is the first documented case that the Veteran Affairs has said, this man was directly affected by a UFO event and his health deteriorated and we got to help him. That's insane. Yeah. That's mind-blowing. Wow. Awesome story. Yeah. Uh, All right. Number two. Number two. All right. This one is really fascinating to me. This is – a woman I interviewed actually in my book, this happened in 2005. Uh, her name is Patty. I won't give away her last name, but uh, she had a triangular UFO sighting in Michigan uh, over her home. What year? This was uh, 2000, yeah, oh, 2005. Oh, in 2005. Sorry. sorry. Yeah. Okay, no, 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 no. Not at all. And uh, she went out with her dogs to take them for a walk at night. Dogs would not leave the porch. Never happened before. She didn't know why. She went out, saw this triangular thing right above their home. She yells for uh, some of her family to come out. One of her daughters runs out and sees the thing too. So, okay, she's not imagining this. And as they're looking up at this triangular thing, Patty, the mother, starts feeling euphoric. Mm -hmm. And like, this is an incredible experience I'm having. Um, I can't explain what I'm feeling, but it's beautiful. And it's silent hovering above me. Meanwhile, she asks her daughter, like, what's going on? She looks over her daughter's covering her ears and saying how unbearably loud this thing is above them. And that it's dangerous. And she felt like it was a threat. So right there, that really drew me in they were having completely different experiences looking at the same exact thing one said it was silent one said it was unbearably loud uh but it gets even weirder after this initial event the third the uh third person involved the younger daughter one night she wakes up and she's going to the bathroom and she sees this weird dark entity leaving her parents yikes no thank you shadow man get out of my house yep yep um that's that was my first inclination like shadow people or like maybe like she was tired her eyes were playing tricks on her but she saw the thing start heading to her own bedroom so she runs into her room gets under the covers and uh next thing she knows she hears her mom's voice in the room and uh she takes the covers down and her mom's like her mom's there she's there she's definitely there saying honey i heard like footsteps outside what's going on is everything okay when the mom's asking this the entity is in the room surveying the room looking at stuff like touching things and she's petrified she can't even like tell her mom mom doesn't see look over there mom doesn't see it so she kind of calms her down she's like watching the entity look around and as the mom's leaving the room the entity follows the mom out 
And then that's all she remembers after that. She eventually somehow goes back to sleep. I don't know how. I would never sleep again. Dude, yeah. I know. And this is one of those cases where I'm like, things just keep getting weirder and weirder. They started having weird poltergeist activity in the home after that, mm. after these events. And um, their electricity went out at one point. They had Con Ed or whoever come out and see what was going on. As the Con Ed guy is trying to fix their electricity, he sees a UFO above the house. <laughs> what? And he goes into their house and tells them, I'm out of here. Uh, I'll send someone else. I got to get out of here. And uh, it just it just kept going and going. It was crazy. It's crazy because that sounds like a ghost story, but the ghosts are aliens. Yeah. Like, it's definitely like aliens haunting a family yes like we're picking you guys out we're kind of claiming the house yep. we're using the house we're scaring away like the rationally minded people you know what yeah. i mean it, 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 there's no difference in story structure right. between that and a good haunting right yeah fascinating it, it was like the doors were open it started with a ufo and then like poltergeist wow. slipped in a shadow person or alien entity was like okay i'm gonna go mess with them now that you open pandora's box i don't know I i'm still working with patty on this oh, case because wow. okay. things are still developing wow. she's still having weird stuff go on the daughters don't really want to talk about it and it i don't sound similar to the copley wood stuff too yep. it really does yep it does so yeah, developing case, still working with her. I'm sure uh, I'm going to talk to her within the next couple months to see if, check back in, see if anything Any else is happening. Any photos, anything? Is there photographic evidence? Do pictures of the ship or anything? Oh, they they do. do of the craft? They have photos of the craft, and have they're actually them? pretty compelling. Yep. Are they available to the public? Not yet. No. Maybe in your book? Possibly. Okay. In maybe future. Um, if if you want to see him, I can definitely try to get like him. I would like to see those. To we you, will yeah. Not... yeah, it would be interesting seeing those. I yeah. will have to check with her first, okay. but she has shared them before in the okay. public. So, yeah, I will definitely try to get that love to you. I'd love to see those. Yeah. <laughs> Little bonus for the Patreon. <laughs> yeah, if we can share it with our <laughs> that listeners, really that'd be that awesome, too. Yep. Go a long way around. Add yeah. another $5 <laughs> to see yeah. these photos now. Step right this way. <laughs> Fascinating. All right. Yeah. Number one. Number one. All right. So this 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 is the case that I go to whenever anybody asks me for documentation. So I did a freedom of information request a couple years ago now to the Department of Intelligence, uh, the DIA, part of the DOD. And I had heard about this case. I'd heard stories about it, but I wanted to see if I could actually get anything on it. And I did they actually <laughs> responded like, this to is me. why he has a real yeah. paranormal podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well we talked about like if i'm a boots on the ground investigator i am more of like an armchair researcher so yeah. i wanted to do my due diligence and see what i could find on this so i hammered them for any information on this one and I waited probably a year and a half to actually get a response from them. Wow. And they apologized. They said, we are so backlogged. Like, we're sorry. But you got to be careful when you do these requests because if you don't go in with specifics, they're not going to give you shit. Right. So you have to do your homework before you make these requests. Hmm. I reached out to a gentleman who told me exactly how I should word this, who I should direct it to. <clears throat> and he was right. So uh, what was the case? So was this the was um, and then yeah, who yeah. was the right person to go to? The right person to go to was uh, the Department of Intelligence, and th uh, this was the Tehran case of 1967. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this rings a bell. Yeah. So this happened in Tehran, Iran, and 
strange lights were seen being seen over the town and they con- people started contacting local law enforcement and the airport be like what's going on like there's weird stuff being seen in the area like should we be worried is this an attack of some sort and uh so the local air force base got involved and they were like what like we know nothing about this um we got some weird blips on our radar but uh we should probably investigate this so they sent two pilots up to look for whatever people were seeing and once they got up there they saw these weird brilliant bright lights and the closer they got the less their instrumentation would work wow so they got a little scared at that point they're like i don't even know if we can like make it up to whatever this is to investigate it they actually turn around, go back to the base, and they told their superior, <laughs> yeah, I agree, I agree. They told their superior, we don't know can't what's going on, but uh, we can't get a lock on it, we can't see it, but it's making all of our instruments fail. So Parvish Jafari, uh, a, um, a major, I believe, at the time, he went up by himself. He's like, fine, you guys... Give me the... Hold my beer. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can imagine this dude doing that. He did. He was like, fine, you're too chicken, I'm gonna go up there. So, you know, as a veteran who's, who'd flown so much, he was like, I'm gonna take a crack at this. He goes up, and he actually got super close to whatever this thing was, and saw a structure to it. It was diamond-shaped, cool. which is pretty cool. I it's don't like, hear that often. No, Close Encounters has one of those, yeah. a couple of those little, but they're little. Right, right. This thing was huge. Whoa. He said that it was probably the size of like a um, a Boeing, like a, a huge okay. yeah. jumbo jet. Yeah. And uh, Damn. insane, yeah. So he gets close to it, has the same problems. His instruments start to fail. Uh, but what was interesting is, as he's looking at this huge diamond thing, uh, a smaller object came out of it and started following his plane. And that's when he started getting worried. He's like, uh, this is like, this isn't just one thing. Like <laughs> there's some other things yeah. attached to this and it like started following him. Came out. Yeah. Like some sort of probe or drone started following his plane and got a lock on him. So right now he's in a dogfight with a UFO. He's following it. It's following him. He gets a lock on it. It gets a lock on him. Does he fire at it? So he actually was going to fire on it, but it made like these unbelievable maneuvers and got behind him and then got the lock on him. So now he's trying to outrun the UFO. And what he does is he takes a negative G. This would be nose such a cool dive. scene in a movie. Dude, yeah, totally. I know. I'm just watching this I know. He can, like, you can yeah. see it. Yeah. And this was all in the documents I got. This is crazy about this guy's testimony. So he makes a negative nose G dive or what have you and um, outmaneuvers it. And that thing like crash lands apparently into the mountains and he doesn't know where it go. It went from there. The diamond shaped mothership, as I presume, uh, took off as well you know, event over, but he goes and investigates it the next day uh, in the town where supposedly the thing landed. No one saw anything, but they did hear some sort of explosion in the town. Uh, There was trace radiation found in the area. Wow. 
um, the way the Defense Intelligence Agency got involved in America is we were leasing our planes to Iran at the time. So it was our aircraft that Parvis Jafari was flying. So they wanted to know what the hell happened and what outmaneuvered right. our yeah, yeah, yeah. Our technology. technology. Yeah. Um, so that's how they got involved. They wanted to do their own personal investigation. They worked with Jafari and then eventually told him, never talk about this again. Oh, Jesus. So wow. he – it goes even further. He spoke in front of the National Press Club in Washington about this event. And uh, we lost him a few years ago, unfortunately. Oh, no. But we have all this documentation and testimony to rely on when it comes to this case. That's why it's number one for me. We have government documents. We have the testimony of a military pilot. And we have a clear cover-up as well. Don't talk about this. He did. Wow. God, that's too bad he's gone. I know. That seems to be the problem with a lot of these UFO cases. It's, it's yeah. a race with the undertaker when it comes to it. Well, and especially Roswell, you know, like yeah. that's what when uh, I mentioned on the main feed episode with you that when Dennis Balthazar took us around town, not only are his first secondhand witnesses dying, a lot of, of the original buildings are being torn down and replaced by yeah. so he's like, pretty soon I'm going to have... Fewer and fewer, I'm going to have nothing to actually point at and be like, this is where this thing was. Yep. Um, so We found that too. We were able to find, you know, third hand or distant relatives of Jesse Marcel mm-hmm. uh, to speak to. But yeah, like what do you do when your first hand witnesses are gone? You know, maybe the cover up won at that point, but yeah. we're not done. A lot of UFO investigators aren't done. We're going to keep digging. Yeah. Wow, fascinating. Oh, man, great uh, top five listens. Yeah, that new, was awesome. New stories that we should dig into on our podcast as well. But uh, Ryan Sprague, thank you again. Uh, go check out his podcast, Somewhere in the Skies. Check out Roswell Mysteries Decoded. I uh, hope you do more TV stuff because I thought you were a terrific host. Thank you, man. Um, uh, you're natural. So <laughs> I, Just I would, be yourself. I would watch the show with you hosting. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, I thought you managed to pack in so much information in those like 45 minutes. So we tried. Yeah. It, 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 the, you avoided these sort of like tease it out, tease it out kind of stuff that you see on a lot of these shows. So. Right. We wanted to inform new people of the yeah. case, but then bring something new forward yeah. otherwise what the hell is that and thing? not a lot of repetition which uh i appreciate it for sure cool. so awesome man thank you uh good luck uh in your future endeavors and we'll be watching your work thank you very much awesome all right that is it for this week's episode i personally have to thank michael mcmillian bryce johnson and riley bray for letting me air this conversation it was originally broadcasted on the bigfoot collectors club patreon feed called the other side Be sure to check out all the other amazing bonus episodes of theirs by visiting patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. And also subscribe to their main show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to also subscribe, rate, and review Somewhere in the Skies on Apple Podcasts, your Android apps, or wherever you get the show. It helps us gain visibility and find new listeners. Thank you in advance. We're on Twitter at Summer Skies and Instagram at Summer Skies Pod. If you want to help our show, be sure to check out the Patreon campaign where you get bonus episodes and tons of rewards. To learn more and to contribute, visit patreon.com slash somewhere skies. I will see you here next week. And remember, keep your feet on the ground, but never stop searching somewhere in the skies.
Somewhere in the Skies is produced by Third Kind Productions in association with the Entertainment One Podcast Network. To learn more, visit entertainmentonepodcast.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.